Welcome podcast listeners to Outside the Cubicle, Live Your Passion with Lorraine. I welcome today my guest, Carol Pierce, who is the owner of Intelligently Nourished. Carol is extremely passionate about eating healthy. Welcome, Carol. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Carol, tell me how you discovered this passion of yours. Um, I think my baking kit business was driven by a couple of factors. Number one, I love to bake. And in fact, I have several years experience as a pastry chef in the hotel industry under my belt. So this was a way for me to do something that really brings me joy. And secondly, I've been following a plant-based way of eating for five or six years now. And I thought I could help the growing number of people interested in adopting this plant-based lifestyle. Because what I found on my journey is that people are able to throw together a meatless or vegan meal together fairly easily, but many of them are intimidated by baking in general and by plant-based baking even more so. So these kits that I make, um, they include only whole food, vegan, and plant-based ingredients. The ingredients are as much as possible organic. The recipes are all oil-free and low in refined sugar. And in fact, they're suitable for a variety of food intolerances and allergies. Some of them are even gluten-free, but I do not work in a gluten-free facility, not a certified one, so I do have to make that disclosure. But um, there are very few ingredients the consumer has to provide in addition to those that I include in the kits. In some cases, all you have to add is water. And the kits are shelf-stable for six months or more. So what I'm hoping to provide, what I think I'm providing, is a convenient and fun way to stay on track with healthy eating patterns. Um, when those occasions come up, I mean, you're always going to have in life somebody's birthday, you're always going to have an occasion for somebody's going to retire, or there's going to be a wedding or a shower or a coffee get together. And these things are always shrouded in food and usually sweet desserts and things like that. And, you know, if you're trying to stay on a healthy, uh, plant-based lifestyle, your choice then becomes saying no always for the rest of your life or to find a way to include these things in your in your lifestyle on an occasional basis that are not going to throw you right off track. So I think the passion was always there and the business has spawned out of a desire to help other people on their journey at the same time. Right, right. Okay. So how important is it to eat organic as, you know, many folks are probably struggling in this economy of finances? Well, I think organic is important, but there's no question that it can be out of the reach of many people. Um, And you just have to do the best you can. I think it's better to eat conventionally grown fruits and vegetables than no vegetables at all, Mm -hmm. or certainly better than eating cheap fast food and processed foods. Um, But I also want to say, I do think a plant-based diet is actually quite cheap. I mean, canned beans and legumes, for example, are significantly cheaper than cheeses and meats. And if you can buy dried beans and the legumes, they're much cheaper than even canned. And these kinds of things are the staples in a plant-based diet. They are very versatile, too. You can turn them into soups, sauces, or stews. Um, So just do the best you can. I mean, a year ago or maybe two years ago now, I did a plant-based cooking demonstration for budget-friendly meals. And one of the meals I demonstrated literally only had three ingredients in it, and it took less than 10 minutes to prepare. I think I called it um, Mexicana bean stew, and it was literally a can of black beans, and you can use the equivalent of dried cooked black beans if you have some. Mm-hmm. A can of, I would pack them up with a case of canned beans, a case of canned corn, and a couple of cases of stewed tomatoes and a can opener. So we could eat really well and really cheaply for a whole month on that. Yeah, and you know, I find too, um, uh, people seem to revel in the fact of eating, you know, craft dinner, and, and it's loaded with sh- uh, salt and as yep. kind, of, kind of not healthy and, and the artificial cheeses in that. Ugh. So I want yep. to ask you on that note, um, 
Why is eating oil-free better? Um, well, oil, whether it's um, from a seed or a nut or an olive or wherever it's from, is not a whole food. It's extracted from a whole food, and it has no nutritive value or fiber. It's also 100% fat. So there's a huge body of literature available on this, and it's it's so large you can't even really ignore it anymore. But both the monounsaturated and the saturated fat contained in oils is harmful to the layer of endothelium cells in our blood vessel. Endothelium cells produce nitric acid, nitric oxide, sorry, nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is what keeps our blood flowing smoothly in our arteries. It's actually the strongest dilator, the widener of the blood vessels that we have. And it inhibits, inhibits the formation of blockages or plaque, and it inhibits inflammation. So when you damage the endothelium cell, you are opening the gateway to heart disease and vascular disease. And it doesn't matter whether it's olive oil, corn oil, coconut oil, canola oil, or any other kind of oil. All oils damage the endothelium layer in the arteries. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's, that's why no oil. Really yeah, it is. It is. Well, you know what? It's good to have that knowledge because once you know it, you can act on it. If you don't know it, you won't even think to act on it. Yes, it's uh, once you know better, you do better, right? Yeah. Um, so what are you, you must be thrilled about the revised uh, Canada Food Guide because I saw a picture somewhere online or somewhere and said half your plate looks like this and they had fruits and vegetables on, vegetables on one and fruits and fruits on the other. I think it's a good visual. I think it was a, a better display than a pyramid or, you know, measurements of how many so many cups equals this many servings. That, that's a harder thing for people to actually figure out on their own. Right. Um, so in general, I think it's a well-thought-out protocol, and I like the fact that um, industry was purposely left out of the development process. I think that industry involvement is a serious conflict of interest, and I think people know that. Mm -hmm. And I also think that people have steadily shifted away from a meat-centered diet in recent years and haven't really been following the previous food guides, so it was long overdue. Um, the older one was quite dated in terms of current health studies and the information that's more widely available now. So I plot it. On the downside, um, I wonder how many people actually consult it. I don't have any numbers on that, but I think when people want to research healthy food options, they Google food blogs and websites and, and other media platforms like YouTube. I'm, I'm not sure how often they consult the actual food guide. So and, uh, you know, um, how can someone continue with a plant-based lifestyle during festive holidays such as Easter and say birthdays and other celebrations? And can you provide some tips or strategies for such events? Well, I am actually the only oil-free plant-based person in my family. <laughs> so I can speak to that quite easily. I mean, I, in fairness, my kids have grown. They've flown the nest. So meal times are a bit easier in the sense that I'm not cooking for a family living at home. Um, my youngest daughter is a vegan, but she she does eat some of the processed vegan foods where I don't. But that said, I have a very curious and supportive uh, supportive family. And while they may not be willing to eliminate meat and dairy from their own lifestyles, they love it when I cook, and they are open-minded, and they actually enjoy my food. Um, a couple of Easter's ago, I was in Toronto with my daughter and grandkids and her husband, and uh, they were doing the traditional turkey dinner. And, you know, her husband, he said he does a lot of the cooking. He said he would be happy to make some vegetables for me. And I, I was going to be easygoing about it, to be honest with you. I wasn't going to complain or make a fuss or all that sort of thing. But what I did do is I made two things just for me. I made a vegan gravy, so plant-based gravy, gravy, and I made a cornbread stuffing. And I thought, you know what? 
if I just have the gravy, I have some potatoes and, you know, uh, some stuffing, I'm going to feel very much a part of this Easter dinner and I'm not going to miss anything else. And I won't be um, imposing my my values on anybody else or they won't feel bad about um, eating meat in front of me. Like I was trying to make it a, a good situation for everybody involved. And what happened was everybody ate my gravy and everybody ate my cornbread. So <laughs> it turned out really well. Um, but, you know, and I did, I had minimal work to do. I literally had minimal work to do. I mean, I made two things. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often when you have a Thanksgiving dinner, are you preparing a whole variety of side dishes, um, plus the meat, plus the stuffing, plus the gravy? You know, just, it's, a, it's a huge ordeal. Mm-hmm. So for me, I got off very light on the actual work that I did. And I had a few things that I am particularly fond of that are traditional on, uh, you know, at, a, at an Easter meal. And I was happy with that. And, you know, another thing, it's kind of a, it's, it's a bit of a mind game when you come to meals at traditional holidays, because sometimes when you, when you look forward to uh, an occasion like Christmas or Easter, what you're looking forward to is the foods that you have at those, on those occasions or at those times, because you generally don't eat them all year round. So you're only going to have them once a year and you look forward to them. And if you take all those foods away, you feel like or you might feel like you're missing out on something. Yes, yes. So I converted a stuffing recipe to make it compliant. I converted a gravy recipe to make it compliant. And I was good with that. Mm-hmm. I was really good with that. Yeah. So it can be done. Um, I, you know, this is a journey. It's, it's, a, it's not somewhere that you jump in and you know exactly what's going to work. You just kind of figure it out as you go along and... You know, it it can be it can be good. I mean, I as I say, I have a very supportive family, and they're very open minded, and so I'm lucky with that. Well, I picked up the Fork Smart uh, magazine last night, and I was flipping through it this morning, and I was amazed at how many options there are to you know mm-hmm. not be eating meat. And I like vegetables. I just got to figure out a way that works for me that I can eat them and still feel satisfied in what I've eaten. <laughs> And you will, and it takes uh, it takes a little bit of time for your taste to adapt to that and to break habits. But if you can stick with it for even just 21 days, that will work. I mean, you can certainly you you will you will ad- adopt new tastes and new um, recipes to your in your repertoire that you will you'll start going to. They will become your habit. I had a a laugh a couple of years ago. I did try doing this and uh, was good at it for a while. And I went to um, a family member's uh, dinner and I said, so what are you serving? She says, we're having chicken. Oh, are you going to go into convulsions because you're going to eat chicken? I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. So, Carol, do you see more people adopting a plant-based way of eating? I do. I think the, um, the, the information that's so widely available now is, is being, is just being thought of. I mean, I think it was in 2016, they said that, uh, vegan was the most Googled word or something like that. It was, uh, it was just growing exponentially more than, um, than people anticipated, I guess, or that were aware of. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think people are are wiser. I think they're taking their health into their own hands. I think they're there's there's just too much of it, uh, information to ignore, and it can be confusing information. But I still think it's available information that's causing people to think. Yeah, so for sure, for sure, taking care of yeah. your health is number one. You can, and you don't have your good health, you you're kind you of you don't have anything. You don't have anything. Yeah, 
So I yeah. just wanted to say thank you very much, Carol, for your time and educating the listeners and myself about this topic. It's very important. It's my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. Um, so everyone, you've been listening to Outside the Cubicle, Live Your Passion with Lorraine. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast. And thanks for your support, and have a fabulous day. And everyone, go live their passion.